there, there's somebody in the room, Lord, that's tired, that, that's ready to experience you, your delivering power, your healing power. And I pray in the name of Jesus that this word would meet them right where they are. And Father, for these things, we're going to be so careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. So now we decree that this word goes forth unchecked by any demonic force in the name of Jesus. We decree that the people of God are developed, made better, that the people of God progress and become who God called them to be. Father, use me. As John said, I decrease that you might increase. Think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords. Lord, use me as a channel of information for your people today. And we'll be so careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's shout, let's clap, let's give our blessing to you and uh, might teach a little bit today you know see where the Lord Lord takes us but coming out of uh, how to be a strong Christian and uh, y'all remember last week the only thing we're doing is being strong that's, that's all we have left is we are going to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might today for my adults and young people alike I want to deal with something that I know is in the room I know it's something that is fruitful for not only your learning, but for you to put framing on how you should deal with what I'm going to deal with today. So I want to talk through this Resurrection Sunday series. I want to, I want to open up a new series called The Things Jesus Went Through. That's what I want to deal with. I want to deal with the things Jesus went through. You know, Jesus said these works will you do and greater works because I go to the Father and, and you know he could have easily said and these things that I go through so will you <laughs> amen and he did when he said in this world you'll have tribulations but be of good cheer because I have a why did he say I have overcome because if I can overcome it guess what you can overcome it so when we talk about the things that Jesus went through it's expedient for you because if Jesus can beat it you can too Somebody say amen to that. And leading up to Resurrection Sunday, I want you to go to John chapter 19. And to all my visitors, just so you understand a little bit about my teaching and preaching style, I am a pastor that believes every word in the Bible means something. I don't believe anything is haphazard. I believe it has meaning. I believe it's something that we should pay attention to if it made to the Holy Writ. And over in John chapter 19, there is a strong... Uh, indicator of something that I'm afraid we may have overlooked down through the years when we preach the cross, when we preach Calvary. And I want to see if you pick up what God showed me. Over in John 19, uh, this is Jesus going before Pilate and the councils and such. And the Bible says, so then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. 
We understand that. They beat Jesus. They, they uh, whipped him. They did all those things leading up to the final judgment. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. That's for another message. Let's just focus on those first few words of verse number two. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thrones. Anybody here ever went through something twisted? Life ever been great and then it took a, a twist? You ever had things going in one direction and you were just consumed with how good things were and then all of a sudden there was a twist? In fact, one of the words for wicked, if I'm not mistaken, means twisted, a, a warped thing. And, and something wicked happened. Something got twisted. Well, the Bible didn't leave that word out. It says that they put a twisted. They didn't, they didn't put a neat crown on his head. They didn't put a, a nice gold crown on his head. They put a twisted situation on him. But of greater importance to me is what they put on his head. The soldiers twisted a crown of thorns. And they didn't put a thorn shawl on his shoulder. They didn't wrap a thorn bracelet around his wrist. They put a thorned crown. Where did they put it, class? On his head. We're talking about the things Jesus went through. Today, I want to talk about thorns on his head. That's what I want to deal with. I want to deal with the thorns that are on his head because most people, when they think of Calvary, they often jump to the beatings, the scourging. They whipped him all night long. In fact, we just got through singing some of that in a song, did we not? They, they pierced him in his side. Most people remember the cross as the blood and water coming out of his side. And, and who could forget the nail-scarred hands as they nailed him to the cross? Everybody's familiar with those components of the cross, but really... The first thing they attacked when they attacked Jesus was his head. Somebody sees where I'm going here. The first place they hit him, the first place they really drew blood was not in his side. It was not in his hand. And yes, they did scourge him and whip him before they put the crown on. But I'm talking about relative to putting him up on the cross right before those events they put a thorny crown on his head. And I'm led to believe that that crown on his head means something to what you and I deal with today. I believe that the thorn of crowns that's on his head is indicative of the fact that every evil and wicked thought that you and I could ever fight in this world, Jesus overcame it. <laughs> oh, you ought to shout hallelujah right there. I said every thought of doubt, every thought of I won't make it, every thought of I'm going to die. Aren't you glad that Jesus won your mental health? Aren't you glad that Jesus overcame your emotional deficit? And that's what I want to preach today. I want to talk about thorns on his head. Now notice my subject because it's strategic, Sakar. I'm not talking about thorns on your head. Because you don't have to wear thorns on your head if you realize he already wore the thorns on his head. <laughs> Amen. And I'm talking about 
amen, your thoughts alone, although we will deal with that, but I want to deal more with the reality that whatever you could deal with, not only in your infirmities, not only in your body. In fact, let's get Bible to back it up. Look at Matthew 8 and 17. Y'all throw it on the screen right quick because, you know, we know Isaiah 53 and 5 that says, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed. And we immediately, Luanda, you're such a good example of this, jump to the healing of the body. I can be healed of cancer. I can be healed of diabetes. And yes, you are already healed of all those maladies. I can be healed of muscle pain and joint pain and amen, all kinds of other things, amen, that seem to have been made manifest in my body. But uh, just like he carried those, I want you to see this. Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, and he took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, since they put the thorn on his head, wouldn't it be reasonable to assume that one of the places you would deal with infirmities and sicknesses is in sick thinking, is in destitute thinking? Are you all in here? If you're like Pastor Gabe, I have been at places in my life, Kristen, I have, to where I had to realign my thinking. Proverbs 23 and 7 really came alive for me, Seku, at a point in my life where I had to realize that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Some of us used to live certain lifestyles all because of the way we thought. We made certain decisions based solely off of the way we thought. I want to tell you that the most dangerous thing that can happen to you is not really how you feel in your body. It's not really the sickness you're going through in your body. It is the resolution you draw in your mind. That's why my ministry is so much about emotional and mental health, about the way a person thinks. Because before you can bind a strong man up, how many you know you got to tie him up in his mind? Have you ever been on vacation at a nice restaurant on a date at a place of blessing and favor, whatever the case may be, but you could not enjoy it because of what your mind was doing? Your mind was somewhere else. Your mind was dealing with a thorn. And so as we walk through this, understand that they twisted the crown, but then they put the thorn on his head. That was a strategic place. That was an aching place. I want you to imagine as Jesus is going to Calvary, out of all those things that must have been agitating him going up Golgotha's hill, you know, every now and again, I imagine a little salty sweat would go in one of those thorn wounds. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You got a beautiful day and then all of a sudden a thought just, just sneaks in. <laughs> Amen. I, I believe if there was anywhere where affection could manifest, it, you know, right around that hairline where they put, and it wasn't just one thorn, y'all. It was a crown. I mean, and that's how the devil does you. It, it's not just one thought. If it ain't one thing, it, it's another. If he can't get you off of something that ain't right now, how many y'all know he'll dredge up the past? He'll go and pull for something you got delivered from in 1980, but just remind you of what you used to do. But aren't you glad that if any man be in Christ, he's a... I said, aren't you glad old things are passed away and all things have become new? But let's articulate and understand this subset of thorns, because if it got in the Bible, it's important. If it got in the Bible, it's something that the believer has to pay attention to, because the thorns you don't deal with limit your potential. 
the thorns you don't deal with shortchange your miracle. The thorns you don't deal with cause you to think opposite of the will of God for your life. Everybody say, today we're going to deal with some thorns. Yeah. So, Pastor, what are thorns and, and what do thorns mean? And, and this word thorn, as, as we are going to articulate in the scripture today, and just so you know, I know good theology, we're going to bridge Jesus to Paul because I want to talk about Paul's thorn a little bit. But uh, just so you understand relative to what the word thorn means in scripture, it, it comes from this, this word scallops. And, 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 and that is in particularly when Paul refers to his thorn. It comes from this word uh, scallop. And, and the definition is anything pointed, a stake or a thorn. Now, watch that definition. Anything pointed, a stake or a thorn is the definition of it. And, 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 and what I extracted from that Greek word, which means anything pointed, is how many you know the devil is the master of pointing you to something to discourage you? A thorn. Just a thorn. Just just like Paul told Moses, it'll be thorns in your flesh or pricks in your eyes. He's the master of clogging your vision, pointing you to something that gets you down and out, pointing you to uh, something from yesteryear, pointing you to something that's not right. Anything pointed, a stake or a thorn is what a scallop is. And, and, and ultimately, a, a thorn is a pointed object of pain. That's what a thorn is. It is anything that you can think about that brings up pain. Anything that you could deal with that reminds you of a soft spot. I don't know if you're in here and you ever twisted an ankle or had a ginger knee or ha had a warped elbow or something from up for a sports injury and, and, and you're doing just fine until you went to lift the table and, ooh, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, you're doing just fine until you went to do a cut and that, that little mild injury that's still kind of recovering. It's still kind of there. And you know that you, you threw it, you know, you're off the cast now, but it's still a little, little tender. It, it is a pointed, sharp thing that, that comes up through you all of a sudden when you're not thinking of it. And today we need to figure out what to do about those thorns. We know if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. We know that the blood of Jesus has made us new. We know that by the stripes of Jesus, we're already healed. But what do we do in the in-between when we don't have manifestation yet and there is a crown on our head, an evolving thought about this situation in our life that has not yet been resolved? Everybody say, that's a thorn. <laughs> man, can I take my time a little bit with this? And I'm glad that Jesus carried that thorn. So now a thorn then is a painful event. It is sickness of the mind. It is destitute of thought. It is the inability to get your mind to think differently. I mean, it just seems like it should be a happy day, but somehow, someway, you're stuck on the pain of some other day. And I want to see if I can show that to you relative to Scripture so that you understand what the thorn really, really is. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, let's look at verse number 6. Having understood that Jesus put a thorn on his head, amen, let's figure out, amen, where these thorns come from in your life. Now, lest I be accused of improper preaching, let's link Paul to Jesus. And you all know Paul told us in Philippians, he, he was very clear when he said that I may know him. And the power of his 
resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering to be made conformable unto his death that I might by any means um, to attain, excuse me, unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul wanted to relate with Jesus, but he wanted to relate with Jesus relative to his power over the thing he was dealing with. Paul said what all of us should be saying. We should be saying that I might know him. Amen. You don't really have to say in the fellowship of his suffering because now that he suffered, you don't have to. But you most certainly should be saying in the power of his resurrection. Get used to saying that right now. Everybody say in the power of his resurrection. Whatever you're dealing with in your life, come on, say in the power of his. In other words, I'm going to come up out of this. I'm going to be relieved of this. I'm not going to be down in this the rest of my life. My mind is not going to be plagued the rest of my days. I'm going to know him in the power of his resurrection. So that draws a bridge from Jesus to Paul for the purposes of my lesson. And let's talk a little bit about this thorn. Amen. What are these thorns that you deal with uh, sometimes on a daily continuum? And what should you do about it? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If I said first, please excuse me. But 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. Is it all right if we walk through this a little bit? Amen. And let's just look at this thing over in verse number seven. This is, in my humble opinion, the most misunderstood Christian revelation alive today that has given believers authorization to stay in pain when God doesn't want you to. And I'm going to do my noble best today to help you resolve this thorn thing and really come to terms with God, the fact rather, that God wants you out of pain God wants your mind right. God wants you healed, spirit, soul, and body. And God wants you to be relieved of whatever your thorns may be. Somebody say amen to that. So the Bible says in verse number seven, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn, a sharp, painful object in the flesh. Where's the thorn, y'all? A thorn in the flesh was what? Given to me. Who gave it to you, Paul? A messenger of Satan to do what? Buffet me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, in reading this text, you can clear the argument up on this idea that God gave Paul anything to hinder him, amen, to make him not get too much revelation, you could clear it all up by simply looking at the fact that the thorn of the flesh was given to him and the thorn of the flesh was not of God. The thorn was a messenger of Satan. Now, that word messenger in the original Greek is the word Apollos, which means angel of Satan. To constantly buffet me means to constantly hit me over and over again in a particular area of weakness. How many of y'all know that's what happens with our thought pattern? Something that is unresolved, we're constantly buffeted in that area over and over again. But guys, God didn't send it. He is a messenger of Satan. 
an angel of Satan, a wicked spirit, amen, messengers of Satan, people used by the devil, pain used of the devil, thoughts used of the devil. Take your pick, a messenger of Satan that came to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Are you all still in here? Amen. It was a thorn where class? In the flesh. And I want you to know as you see Paul's humanity, because Paul was not perfect. Paul was a man much like Pastor Gabe and much like those of you in this room, and he's going to articulate to you a, 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 a temporary deficit of his relative to what he should have been doing concerning this thorn. Look at verse number eight. Concerning this thing, what did Paul do? No, come on, class. Help me teach it. What did he do? He pleaded with the Lord three times that it might what? Depart from me. Can you pause right there? Who should have God, Paul been talking to? If the thorn didn't come from God, why he talking to God? Should he not have been telling the messenger from Satan? In the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of my thoughts, get out of my flesh, get out of my life. This is the same Paul that taught us the whole armor of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Ephesians 6. This is the same God that taught us to put on the helmet of salvation. It was up to Paul to put his guard up. And we're going to see that momentarily. He pleaded with the Lord that it might depart from him. He prayed and he prayed. He prayed all night long. He prayed and he prayed until he found the Lord. But his soul just couldn't rest contented. You can pray one time and find the Lord. You can pray one time and receive instructions from the Lord. And if something is coming against you, it's not God. Paul's humanity. He prayed that it might depart from him, but it did not. And notice God's response. And he said to me, my grace, carries, my empowerment. Oh, is this good, Reg? My empowerment through you is sufficient to take care of your thorns. (laughs) My grace is enough to help you to knock this thing out the park if you would use my grace appropriately. My grace is sufficient. Come on, Jesus. Help us understand this. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rejoice, or rather boast, Paul says, in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may do what? Rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Here it is. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I get out of my own power and I get in the grace of God that is sufficient for me, I can take care of any thorn that is coming against me in my life, including the thorn of thoughts. Did you know that if you let a demon ride your shoulder, God's not going to cast it out? Did you know God's simply going to say, my grace is sufficient? My grace has given you the ability to command that thing out, and it's got to go, and then you change your focus, and you go on about your life, and you never make a word confession in alignment with the wicked thoughts that you hear, because that's what the devil wants you to do. But God's grace is what, class? 
It's sufficient for the thorns in your life. There was a thorn in Paul's flesh. There's a thorn in your mind. There's something that's constantly trying to plague you that God's grace has already dealt with as long as you stand up and be bold and be strong and tell it what to do. You're not there yet. Let me keep teaching. Everybody say it was a thorn in his flesh. It was not a thorn in his spirit. It was a thorn in his flesh. Guys, we understand if you've been around this church that it is the strong spirit of a man that sustains you in bodily pain and in trouble. We understand spirit over matters. Matters of what? Matters of the flesh. Matters of thoughts. So if I am being succumbed and overcome by thoughts and overcome by a crown of thorns on my head, I must then need to elevate my spirit man, get my spirit man up, begin, amen, to cultivate my relationship with the Lord, spend more time with God, fast pray, seek the Lord, read my Bible more, come on, than I read Dear Annie letters. Shouldn't be reading all that foolishness anyway and get up before the Lord and let the spirit of God strengthen me from the inside out. Because as soon as I get fortified on the inside, how many of y'all know those storms, they're going to have to stop. Or even if they try, they just don't hurt anymore. But that's the part of Christianity that the average Christian does not want to do. Somebody say amen to that that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. So, Pastor, what then is this concept of this thorn that was in the flesh? Because, you know, he said so that I wouldn't be exalted above measure, I was given a thorn. You know, and everybody has taught traditionally down through the years, you know, that this thorn came from the Lord so that it could hold Paul down so he would not, amen, get arrogant. But first things first, let's establish that God has no problem with you being exalted in Revelation. Can we just establish that? Can we establish that God wants you to have all the revelation you can get? If God had a problem with Paul being exalted in revelation, he wouldn't have taken him to the third heaven to begin with. He wouldn't qualify to go. Amen. Paul, through his own reasoning, came to a resolution that, you know, maybe this is why this is there, so that I won't be exalted. And maybe Paul was right for his own Christian walk and development. But at the end of the day, God has not commissioned any pain or any suffering in your life to do anything to make you better. When God wants to teach you, he has the word of God to teach you. If God wants to get a message to you, he has a fellow Christian that can talk to you. God did not put cancer on you to make you better. That is not a thorn that came from the devil, or from God, rather. That is a messenger from hell that came to steal, kill, and destroy. And at a certain point, you got to get out of the religion that is giving it deputization of being in your life. You are deputizing it for being in your life. This thing can't stay any longer after today. I'm not going to allow you to do that, devil. In the name of Jesus, shut up and leave me alone. What if, what if it doesn't go away the first time? Devil, I told you in the name of Jesus, shut up and leave me alone. What if it doesn't go the third time? All right, in the name of Jesus, let me get in my word. Faith coming by here and hearing by the word of God. Let me inundate myself with the word of God. Let me get up before the Lord. Now, devil, like I told you before, shut up in the name of Jesus and leave me alone. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. It's all under the blood. He's moved as far as the east is from the west. I will not rehearse who I used to be another day in my life. I am fully relieved of these storms because Jesus wore these storms for me. And I don't have to wear them another day in my life. Pastor, you don't understand. I had three abortions. Those are simply three thorns. (laughs) Pastor, I had two divorces. Those are simply two thorns. 
Pastor, you don't understand. I was molested when I was 10. That's just a thorn. Pastor, you don't understand. My dad wasn't in my life. That's a dad not in your life thorn. And what Satan will do, I told you, he tries you. He will prick you to see if that is going to move you. He, he'll prick you with something else to see if that's going to move you. He'll prick you with something else to see if that's going to move you. And you just keep walking and smiling and thanking God that you got the victory. In a minute, he and all the kingdom of darkness going to realize that you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. You can't bother me anymore with that. I'm over that now. Isn't that good? It don't do what it wants to do anymore. Are y'all listening to me in here? It can't get you like, can I just show you Jesus' attitude, amen, as he was approaching the cross? Is that all right this morning? Go, go back to our text over in John 19. Because, see, I'm going to teach you how to deal with these thorns because he pricks you to figure out, can I bother her with that? Can I get her with this? You know, man, let me bring up the fact that she never had this. You know, she don't have a degree. How can she believe for a job? I tell you what, because God is my source. That's how I can believe for a God. Because God is, God is my source. The world world is simply a resource. So Jesus, what's your attitude knowing that you're going to the cross? What's your attitude knowing that you're getting ready to be in some pain? Go back to John and this time look at chapter 18 and verse number 37. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Are you also reading the same Bible I'm reading? Pilate said to him, are you a king? Now y'all, if it was any time where Jesus should have given in to the pressure, this was the right time to say uncle. This was the right time to bow out and just, you know, well, maybe I'm not a king after all. But notice, this is after Palm Sunday. This is after today. Pilate asked him, are you a king then? What's your answer, Jesus? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I'm a king. As a matter of fact, for this cause was I born, and for this cause have I come into the world that I should bear witness of the truth, and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Look at that bold Jesus. Right smack dab in the middle of pain. Smack dab in the middle of a problem. You know you're getting ready to get slapped and scores and a thorny crown. And oh my God, the nails and all the pain. Everybody say the things that Jesus went through. Yet what was his difference? He never changed what he said. Look at verse number 9 of John 19. Amen. If you don't, amen, have a good answer for the here and now, let me give you a revelation on how to not give the devil your tongue. John 19 and 9. And went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? But what was Jesus' response? He gave them no answer. Now, don't misunderstand this. Jesus was loaded with faith, but it is a lesson for you and I. If you get to a place to where you can't say the right thing because of the thoughts that's coming through your mind, trying to inundate you to get you to say the wrong thing, get you to curse God and die, how many of you know your response ought to be no answer? No answer. I just won't say nothing. If the pain gets so hard for a moment and you just got to get quiet, come on, Zechariah, it's better to go ahead and get quiet so John the Baptist can be born. I'm just not going to say anything, but the devil's not going to make me bow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, oh, man, right now is not a good time to talk because if I talk, I might say the wrong thing. But I tell you what, as long as I shut up, my faith is still working. I, I'm not going to bow. I'm not bowing. Oh, no, 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 kingdom of darkness. I'm not bowing out to this pain. 
I'm going to shout hallelujah. Well, say, cool, that's enough to prove my point. Amen. He gave him no answer. Look at verse number 10. Then Pilate said to him, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power? This is what the devil do to, to y'all. Don't you know I could kill you right now? Don't you know I could take your life from you? Don't you know I have the power to crucify you and, or the power to release you? I could get you off the hook. Oh, don't you know the enemy wants you to compromise your destiny, doesn't he, sometimes? He wants you to compromise your purpose sometimes, doesn't he? Amen. He said, don't you know I could get you to do all these things? What was Jesus' answer? Boy, look at your bad Jesus. Look at verse number 11. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus' answer, you could have no power at all against me. Let's be clear. You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Y'all can't do nothing unless this is a part of my divine destiny and purpose and plan. You don't have as much power as you think. Somebody say amen. Amen. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Jesus is poignantly saying throughout his storyline the things that Jesus went through. We don't have time to go to all these scriptures. He said, no man, take my life. I lay it down. Y'all, here's a question. What are you saying to the devil? How are you answering your thorns? Are you all in here? How are you, how are you standing when he comes? Amen. So, pastor, give us the remedy then for overcoming thorns on our head. Amen. If you're going to overcome the thorns on your head, you're going to have to master soul talk. Oh, Jesus. Everybody say, I'm going to master soul talk. Oh, hallelujah. Go to Psalm 103. Man, we're going to go through the word a little bit this morning. Then we're going to go back to Brother Paul, and I'm going to give you three things to remember, and we're going to get off of this for today and come back to it next week. Everybody say the things that Jesus went through. Now, I want you to notice over in Psalm 103, amen, who David is talking to. In Psalm 103 and 1, amen, this is crucial. Some of you would say, yeah, 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 you know, God will take it away from me. No, Paul said, I pleaded with God three times to take it away. And God reminded me that my grace was sufficient. But what is God's grace? His empowerment to get something done. What is God's grace? His empowerment to deal with something. Point of further clarity. One of the thorns, I believe, because he listed it later, that Paul dealt with was a thorn of persecution. Well, y'all, newsflash, you're never going to get rid of persecution. That's a thorn that's going to be there. Somebody say amen. amen. You just need to not care about persecution. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? Paul talked about infirmities. He talked about persecution. Guys, if you're going to be blessed in the Lord, you're going to increase in the Lord, you're going to have the favor of God on your life, you're going to be one of those live right type of people, you're going to be one of those honorable people of God, persecution is going to come. But aren't you glad it comes with the hundredfold? Glory to God. Comes with the hundredfold. But you got to master what kind of talk? Soul talk. Look at Psalm 103 and 1. Oh, David had it right. Check this out. The Bible says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Who is David talking to? His soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And just in case there's anything else in my body that's trying to get me down and out, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, I command you to bless his name. How do you get rid of the thorn? You begin to praise him. Hallelujah. You begin to give him thanks and everything give 
Give thanks, for this is the will of God. Y'all, it is impossible to be depressed when you're in thanksgiving. Man, when something's trying to get you down, start thinking about things you should be thankful for. Just walk around the house, say, Lord, I thank you for my coat. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for my handkerchief. Father, I thank you that I got some hair. Lord, I want to thank you that I got teeth to eat with. Lord, I want to thank you right now that I can smell. Father, I thank you for my shoes. Find something else to thank him for. Lord, I want to thank you for the coffee pot. Father, I want to thank you for my wife. Father, I want to thank you for this day that you woke me up, sitting clothing in my right mind. I will not be down and out. Bless the Lord. Lord, oh my soul. That's how you get rid of a thorn. Somebody practice it right there and get rid of some thorns in your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Jesus never stopped saying the right thing. He stayed right there, kept making the right confessions. And, he, and in this context, he taught us soul confession. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and how much? All that is within me. And this is how you know you're coming out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And soul, don't forget his benefits now. I know it looks dark in your life, but soul, now you're not talking to nobody else. Soul, don't forget. Don't forget that God, don't forget that you're talking about the God of all creation. Don't, don't forget you're talking about the God that has done everything and can do anything. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and what? All that is within me, and forget not all of his what? All of his benefits. If you're battling sickness and disease, this is what you ought to be telling your soul. Notice that David is still talking to his soul who forgives all the thorns of the things that you did. Forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases, and I'm so glad I don't have to die young because he redeems soul your life from destruction, and he'll take that crown of thorns off and crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You ought to shout hallelujah if you're switching crowns. Man, we switch kingdoms. Why don't we switch crowns this morning? Why don't we get the crown of the love of God in our life? Hallelujah. So you bless the Lord, and you thank him that you don't have to wear that pain anymore. So I say, I don't have to wear that anymore. Now, come on, tell your soul. Don't tell your neighbor. Say, soul, you don't have to wear that anymore. No, tell your soul, soul, you were forgiven of that a long time ago. Now, soul, bless the Lord. Amen. I command my soul. Oh, hallelujah. I said, I command my soul to rejoice. And again, I say, tell yourself to shout hallelujah and give them great praise. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Woo, Jesus. Oh, man, we can ain't lose it again. I'm trying to get through this message, but I can tell the light just came on. I'm switching crowns. I'm not wearing that crown anymore of who I used to be. I'm a new creature now. Hallelujah. I'm almost home. Psalm 42 and 5. <laughs> somebody say you got to perfect soul talk. Oh, Dave, I'm getting ready to get out of here, but somebody say you got to perfect it now. Y'all, you are in a dark world. I got points that I want to give you, but if you don't get any other point, <clears throat> you know what you ought to get. You better get the point that the points in your brain don't have to be pointed anymore. Rub the edge off of those points. 
<coughs> sand that thing down and know that God redeems your life from destruction. Hallelujah. <coughs> Get a drink of tea. Glory to God. What does he redeem your life from? <coughs> so he says, over in Psalm 42 and 5, let's just keep fanning it out. Everybody say perfect soul talk. <coughs> I'm going to say it again, perfect soul talk. <coughs> now this is important. That's why I don't just fly off and start hooping. This is very important. Sometimes you got to do this work right here. You got to literally say out loud. Notice now, again, who is he talking to? His soul. Amen. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Are y'all seeing this? Why are you disquieted within me? Why are you down and out? What is the resolution, David? Hope in God. <clears throat> for I shall do what? Yet praise him for the help of his now, what is a person's countenance? That their face will shine on you. When you start praising God despite what you're feeling and praising him despite the thorns in your life, the Bible literally says God looks your way. You missed it. <laughs> I said when you start praising God, hoping in God, the help of his countenance. Whose countenance? His countenance looks your way. Y'all are going to get that tomorrow at 6 p.m. When you start glorifying God despite what it feels like and the thorns in your life, and you override it. See, you don't understand that God is watching you just as much as the enemy is watching you. And both of them want to see how you're going to respond. Come on, they had a conversation about Job, but man, look at who won in the end. Aren't you glad he got double for his trouble? Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And understand that God said, no, the devil's over here saying he's going to curse you and die. God said, no, he won't. Watch him. No, no, watch him now. I know you keep telling him he's going to die, but watch him. You watch him. He is going to curse you and die. No, no, he's not, devil. No, he's not. He's going to come through this. And here you go coming through the sickness and the disease and the mental torment and everything else that the enemy has sent you. And God, because he loves you, he gives you double for your trouble. He puts his countenance on you. He, he puts his face on you, and he gives you help to get you through. So I shout hallelujah. But in order to get that, you got to take the wrong crown off and put the right crown on. Somebody say, talk to your soul. No, come on, say it again. Talk to your soul. Amen. Now go over to 2 Timothy. You can't really teach this one too fast because some of you in here, you got to get your soul right. Amen. Your soul is steering your life. God wants you to be enjoying everyday living and you talking about what life would be like if you weren't alive. No, no, no. That's a crown of thorns. And by the way, I'm not going to let somebody else's thorny life tear me down. Did you hear what I just said? That's for some of you who got adult children that don't want to act right. Amen. If they done lost their mind, ain't no sense in you losing yours too. I wish I had some help in here. If they don't want God, you do. Amen. Show them what God looks like. Send the angels after them, but don't lose your countenance. Don't lose your mind. Don't use your framework of thinking. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Over in 2 Timothy, I believe this word is helping somebody today. <clears throat> Over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want you to see this now. And, and, and this is going to be it for today because the thorn was a messenger from Satan. Thorn didn't come from God. And the thorn came to buffet. Buffet means to constantly hit. But I love this because Paul over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I think I want, I want to do something first, Sound Booth. Y'all stay with me. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, first things first, look at verses 9, amen, and let's go down through about verse number 12. Then we're going to back up to 3 through 7, and I'll be able to let you home after my three points. Is that okay? Start at verse number 9. Now, just to set you up, Paul, I believe, is in jail in Rome. He's in a prison somewhere, okay? Timothy, his young pastor, amen, is somewhat discouraged because he himself is pastoring thousands of people, and quite frankly, who do you turn to when you yourself are the man? So now you got two people who have plenty of reasons why they should both be discouraged. But I want you to notice Paul's insight even as he writes this letter from a prison. The Bible says in verse number 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now revealed at the appearing of the Savior Jesus Christ, who has done what, class? He has done what? Abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. How did he bring it to light? Through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher uh, of the Gentiles. Listen to what Paul says. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For why, Paul? I know in whom I believe, and I am what? Persuaded that he is able to do what, class? Keep what I have committed unto him until that day. I am persuaded, no matter what the thorns are, that the God that brought me this far is the same God that's going to keep me until that day. They are manifestation and day when I get out of it. I'm not going to go crazy between amen and so let it be. I'm not going to lose my mind while my, in my in-between season, I am persuaded. I'm on God's side on this matter. And I'm not changing my thinking. Those thorns don't bother me anymore. Somebody say amen to that. That's basically what Paul just said. And Paul was written to Timothy because Timothy was discouraged. Now let's look at Timothy's wing of the same message. And there I clear we're getting out of church after this. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Are you all still here? <clears throat> verse, uh, amen, 2 Timothy chapter 1, excuse me, verse number 3 through 7. And I'm going to let you go. I want to give you three things to remember, and then I'm going to let you out of here. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Paul, how, uh, Pastor, how do I deal with the thorn? Everybody say perfect soul talk. But now in perfecting soul talk, there are three things you must remember when you're talking to yourself. Because making a confession alone is not enough. You ever made a confession and felt like it was powerless? Because making a confession alone is not enough. You got to have belief behind that confession. You got to have some oomph behind that confession. Let me say it this way. You can't fight a thought with a thought. Hear what I just said? 
You can't, that's why I don't believe in secular psychology. You can't just thought stop. You have a negative thought of depression and you just think to yourself, I'm beautiful, I'm wonderful, I'm lovely. That is powerless. That's just a thought. No, 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 no. You got to fight a thought with the word of God. But you got to fight a thought with the word of God you believe. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Marvelous are his works. That's better than just saying I'm wonderful, I'm beautiful. And my soul, soul talk, my soul knows this well. That's what that verse says. So now I no longer walk around with low self-esteem. Because my soul... Are y'all getting this? My soul has the insight that I'm not ugly. That I'm not some scab, chip off the old block person that they said I was. Are y'all listening to me? My soul knows this what? Very well, the Bible declares. Over and then in 2 Timothy, verse number 1, somebody say, I got to have some fire behind my confession. I'm going to give you three things to remember from this, Autry. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve with a what? Pure conscience. As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, are y'all getting this? Without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. The first thing you need to remember that's going to help you to overcome the thorns in your life And don't make this religious. I'm getting ready to show it to you in the Bible. You need to remember that someone has and is praying for you. Y'all going to get this in a minute. Y'all, and I'm not just talking about a traditional, my mama prayed for me, had me on her mind, took a little time and prayed for, throw all that Baptist stuff out. I'm not talking about some traditional ranky-dank song of a prayer, and I'm not just talking about any old body pray for you. Hebrews 7 and 25 says, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. It's not just somebody that prayed for you. Jesus prayed for you. Hallelujah. I said it's not just Uncle Benny that prayed. Praise God for Mama, Grandmama. I'm so glad they prayed. But the Bible says he is praying for me right now. He always lives. He makes intercession for me in this world. And I don't have to die young. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus prayed for me. I hope you pray for me. But every day, Jesus gets up and says, in the name of Jesus, take care of Gabe real good today. Let no evil come nigh his dwelling. Lift your hand and say, Jesus is praying for me. Hallelujah. Hey! <laughs> Man, we can ready to get out of here. Y'all not going to let me get to these points. I said, Jesus is praying for you. Amen. Come on, take your seat. He ever lives. Praying for everything you can deal with. Now, if Jesus is praying, Mel, could he not pray the perfect prayer? Is he not only praying for your now and your future and total relief of your past? 
Somebody say, I'm not living this long, life alone. That's enough to prove my point, but come on, look at it, y'all. John 17. Oh, glory. I'm almost home, y'all. Who wants all three points today? I can stop if you want me to, but I'm just hoping that you're not full yet. You still here? Yeah, go to John 17, 14. I have given them your word. <laughs> Everybody say, Jesus is praying for me. This is Jesus talking to God on your behalf. I'm in the BSB. Amen. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. But they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Everybody say, Jesus prayed for me. Look at verse number 15. Oh, and I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. You see how he prayed even before you ever got here? Father, I know they got to live. I know they got to dwell in this world. I know they got thorns they got to deal with. I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, but I'm asking you that you would keep them from the what? Evil one. And so he ever lives to make intercession for us. See, so many people, they don't know the job of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that's what messes up your Christianity. God is the Father. The Holy Spirit is here as your comforter. He leads you in all truth. But Jesus ever lives to do what? Make it, Gabe, did you know Jesus is praying for you today? Yeah. He lives to get in the gap. That's one of his primary duties right now. He ever lives making intercession for the people of God. So why would you let something that Jesus prayed about destroy your life? I hope that's not too deep. Everybody say, Jesus is praying for me. Y'all, I'm almost done. Go back to Timothy, and let's close it out here, all right? Go back to Timothy, close it out here. Y'all still here? Somebody say, no more thorns on my head. Paul said, I remember you in my prayers. How often do you pray for Timothy, Paul? Night and day. It's enough that Jesus was praying for you, Timothy, but when you got a mighty apostle too, in prison praying for you, KCC, I'm praying for you. The cares of the church are always before me, praying for the saints that you would come through and that you would win. What are you desiring, Paul? Verse 14, greatly desiring to see you. And notice now, I told you Timothy pastored 5,000 probably people, and he was going through. Being mindful of whose tears? Your tears. Timothy was at a hard place in his life. And Paul said, but I pray for you night and day, being mindful, you could say, of your thorns, that I might be filled with what, Seku? That I might be filled with joy, and here's your second remembry, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is within you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, amen, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, Paul says to the young pastor, that it is in you also. What is the second thing you should remember if you're going to take care of those, those thorns? Number two, remember what faith has done in the past. He said that same faith took care of Eunice, amen, Lois, and it is in you as well. And I want you to know that I am in remembrance of that. When I think of that, I come to joy. And what he was admonishing Timothy to do is to come to a place of remembering to what God had done through those people in his life. 
the victories that you've already climbed through. You know why current thorns ought not get underneath you and get on you and try to warp you, twisted circumstances you're dealing with? You ought to go way back to the last three things the Lord did in your life. You ought to go way back, amen, to when the Lord brought you through, amen, what was looking like a real bad situation. You ought to go way back and just know that, look here, if God can deliver me from all of that, if God can bring me through all of that, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And what he did back there, how many of y'all know he's doing right now? So I put you in remembrance of those things. If we ever get hit with a hard trial, you know what, dear? I can go way back when the doctors thought that two or three of our kids were going to die. Are y'all listening to that? That they weren't going to be born. Amen. Are you listening to me? And you can see how God brought you through that. My God, and if he can bring you through that, can he bring you through this? Do I have a witness in here? If he can heal you back then, is he still healing people today? Is he still manifesting his power right now? Everybody rip that old thorn off of your head and give God praise for the new thorn that you're putting on today. So I say, I still remember. We get ready to get out of here, Joan. Number one, remember that someone has done what? Pray for you. I'm glad that Jesus did it. Amen. We glad grandmama done prayed too. Isn't that true? But aren't you glad Jesus prayed for you? Remember what faith has done. Everybody say historical victories. Somebody say that's the past. Yeah, you got to remember what faith has done. But number three, and we're getting out of here, and I hope that this helped you today. Paul said, I, I, I greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears that I might be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Everybody say it's in me. Amen. That is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. But then number, th number three, and we're going home there. He said, therefore, I remind you. <laughs> the third thing that you need to be reminded of, what do you remind us to do, Paul? I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, what's that going to do? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. Paul says you not only be remembered of the past, but I want you to be reminded to stir yourself up to good works. Stir yourself up to not being down and out. Stir yourself up to knowing that he that begun to work in you shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And you do not have to be down and out another day in your life because Jesus was hung up for your hangups. Stir yourself up in that, Paul said. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen. You start getting down and out about something, you just, oh, it's a twisted event, Pastor. It doesn't look good. But you don't understand. This, I mean, this is the big deal right here. This is the big one. What's big to God? Sometimes I'm afraid some of us deal with God like he hadn't seen that before. God, you sure you see this? this? <laughs> You know how many people lived since you got here? You know how many people got healed in slavery without medicine? Folk who had no other option but to trust God? 
Are y'all in here? You know how I many people escaped the snare of the enemy? You know, you know, Moses was let down in a basket. You know how I many folk crossed the Red Sea before you ever thought about? God, this is the big one. I wonder if you can handle this. Is there anything? No, there's nothing too hard for the God, but we have made it too hard for God. We have created a thorn. Y'all, your, your crown of thorns was removed a long time ago. But, I mean, the enemy just inhibits you and stops you from enjoying life. Come on, look at this. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, you know. I mean, people always put religion on this verse, and, you know, I just want you to really see what the Bible actually says, you know, because, you know, folk always say, because, you know, the Bible says he won't put more on you than you can bear, and that's kind of true. But here's what the verse really says. Here's how you ought to be going through life. Bible says, therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Dear, you're going to love this revelation. Now, 1 Corinthians 10 does deal with Israel who kept falling in the wilderness, does it not? So there's a such thing as moral falls, sexual falls, financial falls, all that kind of stuff that you should not get into. And that is what this verse may primarily mean. But stay with me. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So when God says, or Paul, just the same says, therefore let him who thinks he stands in his own strength, let him take heed, lest over time he wear out and fall. See, some of you are about to fall because you've been carrying a burden that you shouldn't have been carrying instead of taking heed to the fact that God already dealt with that. Let him who thinks he stands take heed. Roll the care of what you're dealing with over to the Lord because you can't carry it but so long anyway. That piano on that stage is very heavy. Elder Sekou was here when the men delivered. Now, when those guys heist that thing up this step, however many men they used to carry that grand, baby grand piano, amen, truth be told, they lifted that piano temporarily for an, a, a specific amount of time until they got to the, the top of that step. Amen. And how many of y'all know, regardless of how strong those men were in biceps and stature and how big they were, it ain't but so long. I don't care what strongman contest you go to, it ain't but so long that you can hold a baby grand piano. And we got more believers than a little bit still holding their own baby grands. Instead of putting it down and allowing the power of God to pick up what you shouldn't be lifting. His grace is sufficient for all of your thorns. Let him who thinks he stand do what, class? Take heed lest what ends up happening. Oh, God won't put more on you than you can bear. Here's scripture for it. No temptation has overtaken you (laughs) except such as is what? Common to man. But this is shouting verse right here. But God is faithful. Everybody say that. God is Jesus. How did you wear that crown and go to a gory cross? He realized God is 
Faithful, hallelujah. And man, after three days, I'm going to get up with all power in my hand because God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with every temptation, he will always, or also rather, make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it, that you may be able to lift the piano as long as you need to lift it and then turn it over to the master, put it down, and go on and get the victory you already got. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Man, this revelation blessed me so much when I was studying it because I realized that any reoccurring thought in my mind that God didn't sin, I don't have to put up with it. Not another day in my life. Not another day in my life do I need to be hampered by something that did not go the way I thought it should have gone. Are you all getting this? Not another day in my life do I need to be in pain by a pointed, sharp object by something that wants me to, come on somebody, relapse back to a certain way of feeling. How many of y'all know thorns? Unforgiveness is a thorn. Isn't that right? Yeah. What about the thorn of worry? Anybody ever been on that street? Boy, ain't that a thorn. Everything else is great, but that thorn just, <laughs> every time you get ready to do something else, the, how many of you know the enemy will, he'll assign an imp to ask, is it going to be okay? But is it going to be okay, though? <laughs> then he'll, he'll change to synonyms. Is it going to work out? <laughs> and you give that devil an inch, boy, he'll take a mile. And he'll ride your shoulder all weekend long. You're supposed to be relaxed and enjoying. You're already healed by the stripes of Jesus. God has already fixed it. It's already done. And that old devil, he will just stay on your shoulder. And he will make your mind bleed out. That's why you got to put on the helmet of salvation. You got to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Y'all, I'm done. I'm coming in. That's the revelation of thorns. The things Jesus went through, not only did he go through bodily pain for you, he carried your mind stuff. I love that. No Christian, you can quote me to whoever you want. You tell them I said it. No Christian should be depressed. Not one. No, 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 not one, not one, not one. And I work in mental health, and I know how mental health works. I'm telling you, not one believer should be depressed. The Bible is giving you the remedy for depression. For the spirit of heaviness, you are to put on a garment. What is depression? A spirit of heaviness. Not one believer should be depressed. Not one believer should have anxiety. No Christian. Because of the text we read today, God has not given me the thorn, the spirit of fear, but that of, I'm closing, power, come on, love. But how you going to get through it? Y'all, I put so much in this message. I hope you're getting it. How you going to get through it? Psalm 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul. <laughs> hey, soul, get together now. <laughs> I command my soul to rejoice, Amen. I command my soul to be buoyant and happy and jovial and on top of the world. Come on, sorrow not. Command your soul to get back up. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And in case I left anything out, all that's where? Everything in here. Now you're going to bless the Lord. 
Are y'all listening to me? Yeah. You know, nobody else in this room can make you do anything, but guess who can make you do something? You can make you do something. You ever made yourself do something? I did it just yesterday. Amen. I was getting ready to go get me a, a, a nice lift in my little workout area, and uh, I had no intentions on running. And my wife yelled down the hall. She said, oh, dear, you getting ready to run? And I was so glad it was raining because I had the excuse of, oh, no, I'm not going to run today. I'm just going to go out here and just do a quick lift. And as soon as I came outside, that bright sunshine. <laughs> but I thought you told me you would take care of your body. I thought you, yeah, it was there, and it was just a gorgeous day. And I didn't want to run, but I made myself. Are you seeing this? Yeah. No, you're in control. You're in control more than you think. You're, you really are. You make yourself, you make yourself do a thousand things a day. It's all about motivation. Are y'all getting this? I said it's all about motivation. It's all about being on top of the world. Y'all getting this, this revelation? <laughs> I had some real estate clients years ago. This is a true story. And uh, they were having a hard time moving. This is years ago. It's true. And, you know, because they just, y'all know moving is daunting. You know, if you've ever done it. Now, this is true. I'm not talking about this year. This happened to me years ago. And this precious couple was just, you know, they, you, you're going to be moving this week. You're going to be moving tomorrow. And they just couldn't move. All right? And they had their new house. But it just didn't feel like moving. And uh, they had all but, you know, the, skimmed the house down to a few things that was left. But they just didn't really want to finish, you know, moving. Still enough stuff in the house, Kenny. And one night, amen, the bed was already dismantled. And that couple went to sleep. Amen. Downstairs, and a little mouse ran across the floor. How many of y'all know they made themselves? Y'all gonna get this? That's a true story. They made. They said, "Oh yeah, we moving this week. We are." They made them. They commanded their soul to. You are moving. Some things make you. Y'all ain't saying nothing? Hallelujah. Don't they make you move? Yeah, that would make me move. I'd have moved after that. They moved. That's a true story. Right? All it is is the motivation and incentive. So your thoughts don't belong to the devil? Tell him to shut up. Amen. Tell him to go to his set place and command yourself. And then, y'all, here's a revelation. I know some of y'all, in the name of Jesus, shut up, devil, leave me alone, and all that kind of good stuff. You don't got to do that 42 hours in a 24-hour day, either. You command him out in the name of Jesus, then you go and have fun, and before you know it, you look up, he's not tormenting you anymore. Because what do you do when somebody ignores you? You leave him alone. <laughs> Did y'all get that? Now that's revelation knowledge. That's a tool of faith. You start ignoring the devil, in a minute, you know, he, go, yo, he got better things to do. He aggravating you, he's sending stuff, and all of a sudden, I thought she was going to, man, whatever. And he's going to go bother somebody else. Are y'all getting this? He'll leave you for a season. You shut him down. Isn't that what Jesus did in Matthew 4? You shut him down three times in a row, Bible said, he left him. Amen. I'm so glad about the rapture, if for no other reason, that's going to be one time in my life I will not have to deal with him another day. Aren't you glad about that? 
Yeah. But I tell you what, here's the better revelation until then. Get the thorns off your mind. I'm craving the rapture, but I'm not craving leaving earth before time. I'm getting the thorns where? Off my mind. If you're here today, we're closing, that's enough. You're here today and you got some specific thorns. You got some areas of key attacks. I'm talking about, I'm going to call a few things out and I want you to come <clears throat> relative to the one that ministers most to you. Because I know it's in the room. We're going to let you go. If you're here and you have the thorn of your past that constantly tries to come up, I want you to come down now as we all stand. You deal with recontemplating yesteryear. I want you to come down now. Amen. It's a thorn. It's a thorn. I know it's in the room. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Come with the one specifically that I'm calling. I'm dealing with past right now. Pastor, that past tries to come up. It could be, man, I wish I would have done more. I wouldn't have got a divorce. Man, I hated that I had that abortion. I don't, you know, gosh, man, maybe I could raise my, my daughter a little bit better. I don't care what it is. But that's a thorn. Will God still love me? And see, I know it's in the room. Y'all, that's why I didn't just launch out into, which is nothing wrong with that. We might do it next week. But I didn't just launch out into to hollering and screaming today because, I know this is very real relative to what people deal with on a consistent basis. So many of you in this room, your life would be so much sweeter if reoccurring thoughts weren't hampering you. Your past, I want you to come down. Amen. Your past. Thank you, Jesus. This might be a tough one, but it is in the room. If you're here and you battle the thorn of covetousness, to be real honest to answer that one. Don't you come down. You see other people and sometimes it strokes you the wrong way. Y'all, covetousness is a real thing. It's okay. But you battle through covetousness sometimes. That's a thorn. Come on down. God loves you. Yeah. Yeah. He loves you. He loves you. He's giving people a chance if that's what you're coming for. We'll wait for you. Covetousness. It's a thorn. It's a thorn. Alright? So we talked about your past. What about a current event relative to your children? Anybody got some thorns they're dealing with? No kids? Yeah, there you go. Young kids, doesn't matter. Those are thorns. You know, you, you wanted that boy to be an upstanding Christian. You just, golly, you was hoping he could be an elder in the church one day. You, you, you raise him in Sunday school. I see. It's okay to have tears. It's okay. Thorns of children. God bless you. I see you out there. You're so good. Yeah, if you're here, come on down. God loves you. All right, amen. He loves you this morning. God bless you. know, my, I just want my daughter. Bless you. Bless you. just want her to be right. And guys, I'm telling you, and I almost feel like I might need to do a little bit more on this thorn concept because it's just that thing, that itchy thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just, everything's beautiful, but that one area is okay. It just, and what the thorns do on your head, just stay right there. They just constantly on your mind. And they put them on Jesus' head because he carried it for you. 
But I know, I know that feeling. It's constantly there. What about grief and loss? That's a thorn. A precious loved one maybe died in your family. I see you. God bless you guys. It's just an aching thing. Aching thing. I see you coming. God bless you. It's an aching thing. All right? God loves you. You know? One of those, boy, I sure do miss him or I sure do miss her. That can be an aching thing. You're not careful. That thorn of grief can turn into depression. We're not going to let it do that today. Amen? If that's you, come on down. This is your altar call. All right? Thorn of marriage. Come on, married couples. Don't be ashamed. I'm telling you, if I had a thorn in my marriage, I sure would go grab my wife's hand right now, and I'd pull her down. I would. I'm not, I'm not above it. <clears throat> Amen? God bless you. I see one of you here. Who else? Thorn in your marriage. Good. Good. Step on out. God bless you. Your marriage is hard right now. So we've all gone through hard places. Yes, we have. Amen? Those are thorns perplexing events. All right. You may already be down here, but a thorn uh, on, on your job. You, you, you're glad when Friday comes, and you loathe when you know Monday's going to come, because that job is so hard. Or whatever. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see more coming. That's a thorn. Man, God bless you. God bless you. And I'm telling you, those of you coming from employment, two things going to happen. Either A, God's going to give you a brand new job. Or like Jesus prayed for us, he said, I don't pray that you take them off of it, but that you'll keep them. God's going to keep you around scandalous people sometimes. He'll keep you. Folk who mean you no good. And he'll raise you up. See, we love scripture until we read it and know what it means. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my... How many of you in here want to be blessed? You know where your cup going to run over? In the... <laughs> That's where your cup runs over. That's Psalm 23, 101. God blesses you in that, in that domain. All right? Come on. Any, any, and, and so we, we, we're dealing with employment. We dealt with children. All right? Last one for the day. If you have a thorn of a plague and ailment in your health, mental health or physical health, I want you to come down. I'm just not going to be plagued by this anymore. Amen. There you go. I see you. I see you. Amen. Wherever else. This is a plague and ailment. Amen. Amen. God said there's no temptation such that it's common to man. But with everyone, he's going to provide a way of escape. One way is healing. You know, constant back turmoil, that's a thorn. It's a thorn. Yeah. It's a thorn that's something just, just plague you. I remember... You know, I'd hurt my knee or something, and you, I enjoy running, but boy, for a few weeks or something like that, it, it, you know, I would run, but as soon as I get to this side, it was a slight limp. It was plaguing until I warmed up, then get a little bit better, and you know, and try to stiffen back up. Well, God wants you healed of that. Amen. He wants you healed of that. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Any other thorn that I miss, if you're in the room, Pastor, you didn't call this one out, but I have it. Come on down. Come on down, because God loves you. Anything else. You didn't call this one out, but it bothers me. What is a thorn? Something that just constantly, oh, this stays right there. It's a thorn. Thorn. I might have to do more on this, but they're pricks in your eye. They bother your vision. Of course, it's, it's in your side. It's, it's something. There you go. Amen. 
stuff is just just gnawing. God wants those gnawing effects off of us. He does. Because he loves you. Now listen. He would not have said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know what I mean? If he didn't want you to have that. To my precious new member. He wants, you know what he wants us to have? Abundant life. Yeah. I'm starting to realize more and more that God wants me to enjoy my life. Are you listening to me? He does. He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to flourish in life. He wants you to be happy. You know what I mean? He wants you to be happy in life. That's his plan. You have trials and things that come, but find the scripture where God said, when the trial comes, be down and out. That's not what he said. He said you'd have a tribulation, but he told you how to respond. Be of that an oxymoron or a paradox? Yeah. Now some of you, I'll be honest with you, your thorn is more about letting go. Watch this. Others of you, your thorn is about holding on. Okay. You got an adult child, 26, excuse me guys. They don't want Jesus right now. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers after him. And listen, Send the angels after him, and then let go. All right? His grace is sufficient. All right? Letting go and holding on. When you believe you receive healing in your body, it's both. You release that care over to the Lord. You let go of it. God, you've already done it. You did it over 2,000 years ago. And you hold on to the profession of your faith without wavering. Letting go and holding on. We got to perfect both. <laughs> I feel like I got to do more on this. We got to perfect both. I'm not going to carry this. Pastor, you do that? I sure do. I sure do. You ask some of my pastor friends, this is true. In more cases than one, do you know how many pastors have had building projects that literally killed them? stuff too close to home, we, we, we've had some of that in our own sectors. No one I know, but I, I, I've heard the stories I know. I know of them. Building churches and they died in the process. You know? Because they were carrying. Carrying. You can only carry that piano but so far. <laughs> Don't carry it. Amen? Amen? Let it go. Okay? Let it go. Let it go. You're in marriage, you gotta let go, and you gotta guess what else you gotta do? You gotta hold on. You gotta do both. Amen. Alright. Can we do that, y'all? Can we can you for it's 12, 17. I'm getting ready to let you go. But can you for two minutes refuse to worry about anything? I don't even want you to lift your hands yet. Just be normal. Just release it to the Lord. Yeah, he's excited about that. Watch. I know that's right. Just release it. Don't carry it. How am I going to pay my kids tuition? Let go. <laughs> That's a thorn. It'll plague you all summer long, long, and you'll get to August, and you'll realize God had already taken care of you. Let go of it. Can you for two minutes not worry about anything? Make your mind stop. I will not handle this. I will not worry about this. It's not my care. I take the thorn off. Glory to God. 
Amen. Do a little bit of sanctified breathing by faith. I release myself of you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I let go. Don't even lift your hands yet. Don't work. Don't do it. Let God do what he's already done. And receive, receive by faith. I'm getting ready to pray for you. We'll lift our hands in a second. But I let it go. Father, what am I going to do? What am I going to, when am I going to, I don't know, no. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And then we're going to tell the devil what to do. We do believe in spiritual authority. We're going to exercise that. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But today's lesson has to do with you carrying stuff that Jesus already carried. Now, by faith, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come in agreement with your people who deal with thorns, thorns of the past, thorns of what their dad did, thorns of what they did, thorns of what their mom did not do, thorns of, 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 of depression, oppression, thorns of molestation, thorns of hurt from a job, thorns of a marriage gone bad. Uh, you know, Lord, they, they thought things were just right with their wife. It was right on track. And, and now this morning, she wouldn't come to church with them. It's just one more thing. It's an itching thing. It's a, a scratching thing on their head, just constantly plaguing them. When are we just going to be happy, baby? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for total resolution of these storms. Every thorn of sickness and disease every type of sickness and disease in the room. Lord, we thank you for the victory. And Lord, I'm not going to do what Paul did. I I'm not going to come to you three times about the same issue. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you, take your hands off of God's people's stuff. From the crown of the head to the sole of their feet, we call them healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, until the full manifestation, until they fully recover, I speak the joy of the Lord, which is their overwhelming strength. Come on, reach up a little higher and receive that joy. Overwhelming strength in your life. Overwhelming strength of emotions in your life. Overwhelming strength physically. Overwhelming strength to not succumb because Jesus ever lives and he's making intercession for you right now. Father, I want to thank you for praying for us through your son. Jesus, thank you for praying for us right now. Thank you right now that you, 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 you know our end from the beginning. Thank you right now that you declare our end from the beginning. And we decree by faith from this moment on, we are going on in joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. We will not pick this thing up ever again. We will not wear this crown ever again. We change crowns today. And we lay down this thorny crown. Because Jesus, you wore it for us. And if you wore it for me, I don't have to wear it. In the name of Jesus. Father, if you already dealt with it, I don't have to deal with it. God, give us more of that revelation, God. I'm praying, Lord, and I mean it. Give, give the people of God here. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Give them Pastor Gage's revelation of not worrying. And God, do better than that. Give them a higher revelation of not worrying. In the name of Jesus, help us to make good decisions in our life that please you. Father, any thorn that we ourselves create, 
give us a strategy for how to get out. You provide a way of escape.
We're the head and not the tail. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yep. Marriage is not only possible, it's probable, and it will come to pass. Just rest in it. Rest in it. Thank you. Yep. No discouragement concerning it. Rest in it. going on right now in the spirit you have a heavenly father you have an elder brother and you have the Holy Ghost and all of them are giving you their attention right now <laughs> God is looking down on you wanting you to know that with loving kindness he's drawing you because he's your father Jesus your elder brother right now is making intercession for you ever lives to pray for you. He cares about you. And you know what is so special about the three of them? <laughs> the Holy Ghost is moving all through this place. Touching and comforting and reassuring and building you up and reminding you, <laughs> amen, that he has you. Isn't that good, Serena? Don't forget the believer's authority. Take authority. And then after you take authority, what's next? Rest in him. Amen. Ignore the devil. Yeah. He's not in charge anyway. Rest in him. Get rid of the thorn. It's not a thorn anymore. Pastor, what do I do if I leave church and the problem is still there? It's one thing for a problem to be there. It's a whole other thing for a thorn to be there. Those are two different things. You can have problems and they not be thorns. <laughs> Because you know how to handle it now. You have the wisdom of God, and you're at peace in your mind. And it's only a matter of time before a resolution comes. Amen? But rest in it. Rest in God. You believe that by faith? You believe something good is happening in your life right now? Oh, hallelujah. We can ready to go home, but can you just worship God? Can you just, can you just thank him? Thank him? Thank him? Wanda, I believe God is busy about your case. He's involved. I believe that. I believe that. Come on, can you can you out of the fruit of your lips just worship? I see you. I see you. Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I will not acquiesce. I will not acquiesce. I will not acquiesce. No, we're going to get pregnant. We're going to have a baby just like God said. Come on, married couples. Yes, that's what you want. That will not be a thorn or a burden in your heart. Your, your children are coming home. Thank you, Lord. Resurrection Sunday, let's shout together. Early in the morning. I'm coming with energy. You come with energy too. And let's go up and have breakfast together. And let's come back down together and get in the Bible again. Amen. And know that he that begun to work in you, Pam, shall perform it. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't that rich? Take the thorns off. Somebody's child is coming home in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, because you just released it. Yeah. Coming home, coming home. Adult children turning back to the Lord. over the devil because your grace is sufficient and then they're going to rest in your abilities 